Because no two investors are the same, one size doesn't fit all. There's more to it. At S&P Dow Jones Indices, we offer index strategies for all types of investments. Comprehensive ESG solutions, core retirement strategies, multi-asset diversification, and new ways of thinking about risk management and income. They're all in one place. Express your investment views and give yourself the freedom to go anywhere with S&P Dow Jones Indices. Search Indexology on the web or hashtag Indexology on Twitter and LinkedIn. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends? Just trying to make you some money. My job is to entertain you, but dedicate and teach you to call me. 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. So Mark is going to be over for business. The perennially cautious Dr. Tony Fauci, the president's COVID doc in chief, sounds like he's getting a tad more hopeful about our containment efforts. He's taking back the original projection of 100 to 200,000 deaths because it looks like some of our mitigation efforts like social distancing might be working. While the turnabout in less than a week is pretty sudden, especially when the death toll from this thing keeps surging, the market's thrilled to see Dr. Fauci says, saying that we're making some progress against this pandemic. And that's why the Dow surged 780 points today. S&P gained 3.4%. NASDAQ climbed 2.58%. People are betting on a return to some sort of normalcy, perhaps as soon as next month. Maybe that's when America could be open for business. Now, I have been a whole time a big believer in Dr. Fauci. Long before this, I, I've been a believer ever since he helped turn HIV from a death sentence into a much, ma- much more manageable lifelong condition, something that seemed inconceivable back in the 80s. So it's hard to see Fauci be, let's say, more optimistic about the battle against COVID-19. Although, let's be clear, he didn't say we can stop doing social distancing. He certainly didn't say we can go start having parties. In fact, he says, quote, now's not the time to pull back at all. It's a time to intensify, end quote. And that's a vital caveat. We should all be proud of what we are doing to mitigate and keep the pressure on this dreaded disease, which is too lethal versus anything this easy to catch, maybe since the Spanish flu in 1918. Some say even worse than that. And that's why when we do open for business, the new normal won't be like the old normal. And you must understand that because it matters for your life and your portfolio, particularly today when a lot of companies went up that maybe they shouldn't have. By the way, lightest volume in a month. Assuming Fauci is right, though, to be more optimistic, and I think he is, what does the new normal look like? Well, first, the retailers that do well when we open for business will be the stores that actually have been taking share this whole time. Walmart, Costco and Target. These companies have mastered the art of e-commerce and they're ready for customers no matter what. They have good hygiene policies and great call aheads. If anything, their pickups are better than they were before the pandemic. Costco reported March sales tonight. They were spectacular, but the stock's down as people bought a lot of lesser quality retailers. This happens repeatedly. My take, what a chance to buy the best of breed at a discount. And we always want to buy the best of breed. I'm betting. Most of the department stores will choose this moment to permanently close their worst locations. And what does that mean? More market share for outfits like these. But it also means Amazon will be more powerful than ever. Maybe when we're really open for business, I'm going to stop letting those corrugated boxes aerate on the porch for a couple days before I spray them with Lysol and open them and see what Amazon sent me. 
Each time we have one of these situations where you can't go shopping, you end up buying more stuff from Amazon and less stuff from supermarkets or drugstores. This week, I, I, I put a bunch of things I always buy at Walgreens on auto delivery to Amazon. Why bother going to the store when shopping's a health hazard? I always buy the same stuff anyway. Hey, the new normal is kind of like a dollar shave or Harry's for everything. Now, I know that Dr. Fauci doesn't want to encourage people to go outside. He wants you to stay inside. He wants us to keep social distancing. When the virus peaked in Spain and Italy, people started lowering their guard, and now they're seeing an uptick in new cases again. Suboptimal. And that's why I doubt we'll ever go back to shopping like we used to. Everybody's going to be on edge unless both workers and shoppers have face masks. I think everyone should have their temperature taken first thing when they go to work. Come on, OSHA, please step up and do your job. And that's going to be the new normal because anything else, anything else is irresponsible. To make this more convenient, you know what we need to do? We need to have wearable devices like this one, the Apple Watch, take our temperature. I know they can't do it yet, but come on, they got a lot of good scientists there. And if they can do diabetes readings with Dexcom, i got to believe they have to come up with a way to measure your body temperature. You know what? In a post-corona world, this would be the killer app. They would have 317 million American customers tomorrow if this could measure our temperature. You, you check into work or a store or stadium or airplane by waving your Apple Watch in a meter. Number two high, out of here. And that's not all. I think wearables can make this new world a lot more convenient, but I also think so can phones. When stores start opening up again, I expect long lines snaking all over the place with people standing six feet apart. Now, it's bad enough when I go to my TGX on 14 Pine Street downtown and I have to wait behind 20 people just to buy my jockey briefs. A lot of info there. Now the line will snake all the way back into the luggage section or maybe in women's lingerie. No way! Good thing I, I found these briefs on Amazon, although they're more expensive. This is where your smartphone can help, okay? We need to Devices with near field communications. So you just capture the barcode and just go like this. Boom. Right? Apple Pay. Boom. Boom. And then what happens is, is that you pay and then you go home and that's it. Right? Don't have to wait for the register six feet deep. What the heck is that about? I mentioned TJX because they get their merchandise from distressed department stores. And, oh, boy, that means they're going to have a lot of great stuff once America reopens for business. By the way, Matthew Boss tells me that Ollie's is also going to have a lot of great stuff. And you should look at the stock of Ollie's. TJX stock got crushed. So did Ollie's uh, when COVID first struck. And now they're bouncing back hard. Now, we sold some, t- some TJX for Travel Trust, and I think it may have been premature. But that's okay. I tell the club, actually, it was plus.com club, everything I can. And I think that I did not expect Fauci to be as positive as he was. It's a different tone. You want to take a real flyer on America going back to normal? Let me give you one that is just so hated right now. It's incredible. And it's called the Walt Disney Company. To me, Disney becomes uh, have 98.6 degrees. We'll travel. Last night, the company caught a downgrade that spelled out all the damage the pandemic's done. No theme parks, no movies, no sports, no nothing. No Mickey, for all I know. What if the ESPN has something new and fresh, though, because things get better? In the meantime, I bet Disney Plus is making a fortune while everybody's on lockdown. What else? As someone who co-owns a bar and a restaurant, I know the money from the Small Business Rescue Package is a huge help, and I love that the community package. I love the program. It's a brilliant program. But even with that assistance, a lot of operators won't be able to make it. The shutdown's just been too hard. I don't think they'll be back. You know what that means? That means good news for the chains like Wingstop. They're really doing well. Domino's. And now Darden today saw an upgrade. Yeah, Olive Garden, Capital Grills, and Longhorn Steaks all over the place with low rents. Finally, we have a real oddball one. Another one everybody hates. Even some guy just downgraded who loves it forever. Estee Lauder, EL, which is one of the best-run businesses in the world. The stock's been hit with a series of pandemic-related downgrades. Makeup is so discretionary. You don't need it as much when you're working from home, right? But you know what? Estee Lauder's huge in China. 
And China's now coming back in a big way. And by the way, I think Ulta Beauty will be selling tons of their merchandise. Sure, the department store changes are in bad shape, but Estee Lauder spent years diversifying away from those outfits. And believe me, selfies are going to be more in fashion than ever. And Facebook, everyone's Instagram, more stories than I've ever seen. Not that they're making a lot of money with it, but Estee Lauder is bottom line. I know Dr. Fauci's not signaling all clear. He's saying the lockdowns are working, which is why we need to keep up the social distancing, keep the pressure on. But he certainly sounded a little more positive about the death toll. So maybe we'll be able to open for business sooner. But remember, even when the lockdown ends, you've got to be prepared for a new world that looks very different from the old one and a lot more investable for the big guys and not for the little guys. Brandon in Minnesota. Brandon. Hey. Hey. Well, thanks for everything you do. We appreciate you up here in the great north. All right. I have about 120k in liquid capital. How fast or slow should I start buying into this economy, and how diverse do I need to be in what sectors? Um, well, you know, uh, you got to be incredibly diversified. It's really important, and, and I do that for my travel trust. And like I, what I've been saying is, is that you have to own. Let's say if you want to own restaurants or retail, you got to own the biggest of this and the biggest of that. You can't just be small and selective. You've got to own big in each category because we need big balance sheets. Big balance sheets and diversification to get us to the next level. PJ in New Jersey. PJ. Hey, Jimmy Chill. Thanks for having me. Quite welcome. Quite welcome. Uh, What's up? So I've been an avid fan and a longtime watcher of Mad Money. Uh, I'm in my early 30s and looking for kind of good long-term horizon, long-term investment opportunities and willing to take a a bit of a more aggressive strategy to drive higher ROIs. Um, So I'm calling about Best Buy, which has been suspiciously quiet over the last month and a half. In the midst of COVID, stock's down about 30% from its highs, but also up 30% from the lows. Just want to see kind of what your perspective is on. I've just been saying that you got to own the big guys, not the little guy. Best Buy is the big guy in the category, but you know what? In the end, that category has just gotten too tough. The electronics business is too tough. I think it's a no. And by the way, let me just point out again on the Disney. Tonight, we found out the Disney paid subscribers from Plus doing much better than expected. So I think a lot of these guys have been downgrading Disney. I think they're going to have to eat crow. All right. All right. Maybe some crow with like some uh, matzo. You know what I mean? The market's picking up steam on the Passover. Happy Passover. The market's picking up steam in the belief that a return to normalcy could be in sight. And when the economy does reopen, portfolios need to be adjusted for a changed world we will inevitably face. On Mad Money Tonight, we've seen so many coming to the aid of, uh, of the front lines here, and it's actually quite chillingly positive. I'm talking to CEO of Salesforce Mark Benioff about how he's helping. You won't want to miss that. Then as the COVID-19 pandemic continues, could a company like Parago be worth considering? I'm talking with the maker of over-the-counter drugs to hear about demand. And how is the coronavirus impacting the rollout of new medicines? I'm going to be talking to Biohaven CEO to find out about his launch of its new migraine medicine. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. I want people to feel like they just learned something. We have journalists in the far corners of the universe. I can't wait to get all of those resources under one hour-long newscast where we can deliver the facts of the day. 
clearly and concisely in context and with perspective and tell people what's happening, what it all means. Get the truth, not the spin. The News with Shepard Smith. Subscribe to the podcast today. Business is the most powerful source for social change in America. As the pandemic rolls on, more and more executives are making it a force for good. Leading the way, well, none other than Mark Benioff, the visionary founder, chair, and CEO of Salesforce. He's put his company's resources and his own considerable wealth to work fighting against COVID-19, which is how he shipped a, a 747 full of personal protective equipment from China to America this past weekend. Benioff has a serious plan to try to contain this scourge, national lockdown, massive protection gear for all, testing for all, including antibody testing, Manhattan Project to find a vaccine. Most importantly, he's pledged to give his hourly employees 90 days of pay whether or not they're actually working. And he's calling on other executives to make the same promise. I urge executives out there watching to take the pledge. So let's dig deep with Mark Benioff himself to hear about what he and Salesforce are doing to combat COVID and figure out what our country needs to do to get back on track. Mr. Benioff, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks for having me, Jim. And uh, hello from San Francisco. All right, so Mark, what do you, how do you get a 747 full of PPE from China here? Well, Jim, uh, before I start, first of all, let me just express, uh, you know, my thoughts to everyone who's going through such suffering right now in the world with this terrible virus. And this has been an unbelievable time. It's nothing like I've ever been through. And my heart is with everyone who is uh, sick right now or, is, or has had a loved one pass away. And for us, this story began quite a few weeks ago when we saw our employees in different Asian countries start to go through this. And then it started to head towards uh, us here in the United States. I got a call from Sam Haga, the chairman of UCSF here in San Francisco, saying that he saw an extremely um, fast run on his PPE, personal protective equipment, in the hospital already. It turned out a lot of people were coming to the emergency room uh, to get checked if they had the virus or not. And he asked if I could try to figure out a way to get more PPE just here in the city. Well, that turned into a relationship that we had with uh, Alibaba and their CEO, Daniel Zhang, who helped work with us so closely. And we've brought now more than 50 million pieces of PPE throughout the entire world. And we're working to bring more PPE in even this week. But look, this is a moment where business has to be the greatest platform for change because you have incredible resources with enterprises that have relationships like we do with Alibaba. We can use that to help alleviate the suffering of those who have been hurt so badly. And you're right. I should have started by saying I, I, I've just been I'm not taking it for granted, but it is wrecking families, lives all over all over the globe. It's also financially been an incredible, difficult cost to bear for employees. You have challenged people not to lay off people like they used to when things get tough, but to keep them on. Talk about the pledge. Well, Jim, I think we realize we're dealing with not only a very significant biological challenge, but we're also dealing with a very serious economic challenge. And we can see that with projections of unemployment between 20 and 30 percent as this is over. You know, the way that we look at this here at Salesforce, Jim, is that there's three phases to this. First, the phase we're in now, the crisis phase, which started several weeks ago and probably will go until about June 1st when we're dealing 
with this uh, crisis through, uh, you know, aggressive social distancing, which is why I'm talking to you right here from my home, even though it looks like I'm on the Salesforce Ohana floor. And then, then we move into a recovery phase, and that will last probably for about 18 months until about January 22. You know, when we start to head towards that uh, recovery phase, we're, we're going to need everyone employed uh, at, at, that we possibly can. And that's why I've asked and I've challenged CEOs all over the world to take the 90-day pledge. Don't make these layoff decisions yet. Wait until we get into the recovery phase so we can see what the economic possibilities are. And I'm so gratified that so many CEOs have taken that 90-day pledge to hold off on their layoffs. It's a 90-day no-layoff pledge. Yeah, Mark, I'm glad you talked about 2022. The market's very excited today. Dr. Fauci, whom we both respect, is saying that maybe some of these mitigation efforts are working. But I know you and I, look, it's no secret we talk a lot. And uh, I think we both feel that this virus is a little bit different from what people think in terms of the ease with which we're going to eradicate it. It's actually the opposite, isn't it? Well, the best thing that we can do right now is stay home. (laughs) By by having social distancing, we don't give it the ability to infect everyone. And so that's the way that we're holding it back. But of course, if we all rushed out of our homes right now, we've not defeated the virus. It's still out there. Until we have immunization, we're still going to be subject to this type of uh, uh, virus. So we're going to have to figure out a way to operate the economy and operate the world with the virus until we see some of these incredible... uh, uh, scientists come through with the immunization that we need to defeat COVID-19. How bad do you think the recession is going to be? Well, Jim, I'm not an economist and, uh, you know, I don't even understand the stock market. I have to leave those things to you. What I can can tell you is that when we look at the significant unemployment that's projected, we have to see that there's going to be a very significant impact as well on the economy itself. Well, what that means, I'm not sure. Whether it's a recession or whether it's a depression, uh, no matter what, I think that we have to, you know, plan for all possible outcomes. Today, we pro- we we posted, you know, different scenarios. What what could be coming in regards to the economy? What could be coming in regards to the uh, biological crisis? Uh, we are fortunate to have tremendous scenario planning inside Salesforce, and we're able to project that out. I put it on my Twitter feed. If you Look, we did it, posted it in jointly with Deloitte, and you're able to see what, you know, there is a lot of different possibilities. The, the future is not set. So it's really still very much in all of our hands. When I think about possibilities, I think of data. When I think about data, I think about Tableau. Uh, and the, the excellent management team that, by the way, you kept. And I wish people understood how hard it is to keep great management teams when you buy, but they tend to stay with Salesforce. Tableau's been good for you, hasn't it? Well, we've been very fortunate, uh, Jim, to have a fantastic relationship with Tableau, which turned into an amazing acquisition, which we completed last year. And you can see the power of Tableau right now. Uh, If you're paying attention to what's happening with the state of New York, you'll see the analytics dashboards in the governor's office. Those are Tableau. You'll see the state of California projecting what's happening here. Well, that's also Tableau. If you go to King County in the state of Washington, that's also Tableau. It's instant, scalable, reliable, available analytics. And if you go to publictableau.com, you can see the COVID-19 hub that we've built that has all of these dashboards, as well as a whole workshop that gives you the ability to do your own modeling and understand what's really going on in the world. And I highly recommend everyone to look at that incredible site. 
Let's talk about the national lockdown. Uh, California's numbers are quite different from where we are in New York. In New York, a lot of people taking the subway, a lot of people playing basketball, a lot of people going out until the last minute. We were keeping our restaurants open. We were told that, listen, you need, listen, we got to be New Yorkers. We're tough. This disease is tougher than humans, isn't it? The national lockdown is the way to go. Well, Jim, I think that one reason that we've been so fortunate here in San Francisco, we only have a little more than 600 cases, is because that, as I mentioned, the leaders in our local medical community got everybody very excited very fast. And our mayors, our county officials, uh, and our public health officials here all made decisions very early to lock down not only San Francisco, but all of the Bay Area counties. And that is why we have not seen this kind of horrible suffering that we're seeing in other parts of the world. And I really want to thank those incredible physicians who really made such aggressive, important statements. A lot of that came out of their work in the AIDS crisis because we have such incredible disease specialists here in San Francisco. They had the insights. They knew what was coming. And that's also why they got us hustling on the personal protective equipment as well. I think there's a lot of lessons uh, from what's happening here in San Francisco. But I'd also say... There's a lot of lessons from what's happened in other countries that have not been so severely impacted, and one is Taiwan. The Journal of the American Medical Association posted an incredible article on their website on how Taiwan has had such great success defeating the virus. I think that's something all of us can learn from. And, you know, in the United States here, this is really our very first pandemic. And I think when we come out of this, we'll come out of this as a stronger country. We'll realize the things that we need to do to to defeat this enemy. All right, one last thing just about Salesforce. Uh, a bunch of my friends' kids, uh, they had jobs coming out of college. They, uh, they found out they didn't. They found out there are no jobs. They found out they've been fired. A lot of people, good people, two, three years in, they've been fired. If they're smart, can they get a job at Salesforce? Well, Jim, I can tell you we're still hiring, and also I can tell you many aspects of our ecosystem are still hiring. You can see uh, Salesforce Care, our package to help all those affected with COVID-19. We've already done 4,000 emergency deployments of our technology in the last three weeks. These are instant call centers, contact centers, sales organizations, marketing organizations to help get the word out on COVID-19. Jim, we have been hustling to make sure that our platform, which is incredibly scalable, reliable, but gives you the ability to build these applications to deploy in these emergencies was available to everybody. We've done all that for free. And I'll tell you that those people were all trained on trailhead.com. Trailhead.com is where you go to reskill to get the skills necessary so that you can be competitive in this Salesforce economy, which is going to continue to grow. So I've said it many times on your show before, but I think more important than ever, if you want to have the skills to be successful in the future, look at trailhead.com, get reskilled and get ready. And that will be important whether you're applying to Salesforce for a job mm-hmm. or to one of our customers, you know, who's deploying new technology and new, new capabilities as well. You know, Jim, one other thing I wanted to say, this is certainly a holy week, and I want to wish everyone a happy uh, Passover as well as a happy Easter as well. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing about this virus and what it's taught me. It, it's taught us that we are really one humanity. It doesn't discriminate. Everyone right. is impacted. And we sometimes forget that we're all one. And I think it's a tremendous spiritual message for us to remember, especially this week, that through all of the 
illusions of our borders and the illusions of our separation between us as human beings. In reality, we're actually all one. And this is a tremendous moment for us to come together as, as one humanity to, uh, serve, to serve everybody and also to express, our, express my love to all those who are going through this horrible yes. uh, time. We have to hope for the best holiday for everyone and a, a good Passover and Seder to you and your family tonight, Mark. Good to see you. Oh, thank you so much, Jim. And my best to you and your family as well. And uh, let us uh, uh, see all the good things that can come out of it. Thank you for everything you do. It's thank you for everything you do. Thank you. That's Mark Benioff, chairman and CEO of Salesforce. Everybody's back. You know what worked the last time we had a recession? Private label. The knockoff store brands that consumers embrace when they're feeling the pinch. Well, will that happen again this time? Consider the case of Perigo, PRGO, which makes private label over-the-counter drugs as well as some generic prescription drugs. For the past five years, the generic pharma space has been a wasteland, just a total house of pain. But the, the coronavirus pandemic may be giving Perigo a huge boost, uh, both because people are stockpiling cheap over-the-counter drugs and because private label becomes a lot more attractive when millions of people lose their jobs. Sure enough, last night, Perigo pre-announced some terrific first-quarter sales numbers with 11% organic growth. People, that's amazing. double-digit. When you back out currency fluctuations in the business they exited, well, the company's over-the-counter division was up 21% worldwide. Management cited, and I quote, a dramatic surge in demand in March related to the COVID-19 pandemic, end quote. Stock jumped nearly 4%, though it's still darn cheap, selling just 11 times next year's earnings estimates. Could this finally be Perigo's time to shine? Let's take a closer look with Murray Kessler. He's the president here. Perigo. Do you have a better sense of these numbers and where the company's headed? Mr. Kelser, welcome, welcome to Mad Money. Good to see you, sir. Thanks. Glad to be here, Jim. Okay, so Mr. Kessler, I know I thought this was an astounding month you had, but you did not raise your full year numbers. That makes me either think that you're very bullish on perhaps ending or eradicating COVID-19, or you're just being cautious, because I think this thing's unfortunately going to be with us for a long time. Um, yeah, listen, if, if you understand Perigo, we had a lot of momentum coming out of um, last year, and um, I, I'm a bit conservative by nature, and um, this isn't a reflection of the business of the way I'm looking at the, the forecast for the year. Um, I think the demand will remain strong, and just as you pointed out, private label always does well in a recession. Um, we're more than the surge in March, um, but the surge in March was, you know, keep in mind, we make over half of the United States acetaminophen, the Tylenol equivalent, in, in terms of volume. So um, that's in demand right now. Um, but, you know, there's uncertainty around you know, the ability to keep employees working and plants. And my first priority is to keep our heroic employees safe. Now, uh, you did have uh, Voltaren, which is a, dr- a drug that I use. You just got approval for that. The old days, I used to look at Perigo as, well, what did they just get approval of? That would be the excitement. But now with the recession, which I think we all admit is uh, on the horizon or here, I shouldn't just care about that. You just got a very important drug like Voltaren uh, to be able to be a Perigo drug. No, no, you shouldn't. You know, I'm, I'm from a, a pure consumer world where I came from. I I've worked at Clorox and Campbell Soup Company and and others my whole career. And this has huge opportunity to grow this organization. And we got ourselves up to where we exited last year, growing 13, 14 percent. And we did that by um, redefining and transforming ourselves to a self-care company. 
So not only do I think the opportunity is um, tremendous for the company in terms of the recessionary period, but all trends are heading towards self-care. And I don't think in a new normal, um, everyone's going to be rushing to hospitals or doctors. They're going to try to treat themselves first. And um, with the line of consumer products that we have and the over-counter products we have, I think the company's perfectly positioned, to be frank. Sir, can you tell me, uh, with Wuhan open, they had 48 uh, pill factories there. Does that impact the industry? We know that a lot of people in Congress are worried that pills are made elsewhere and that we should have control of them. Perhaps like we used to make a lot of them in Puerto Rico or uh, I lived uh, in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania, uh, where they uh, where Medea Labs was. I mean, are we going to start bringing uh, pill making home? Well, you know, for Perigo, we're probably a little bit different than most, Jim, but we already make our pills at home. We have 24 manufacturing facilities in the United States. We make the majority of our, we sell 75% of the company's total volume in the United States, and we make most of that in the United States right now. So less of an issue for Perigo, and frankly, that's what helped keep our businesses running through this crisis. How many employees are able to uh, go to your plants then? And do you take their temperature and make them wear masks uh, at the facilities? We are so strict right now. If you looked in our parking lots, there are medical stations. We take temperatures. We have constant questionnaires. Um, Only essential employees can get into our manufacturing facilities right now. I mean, that's to say, if I went to our manufacturing facility, I could not get in. Do you think that we're tough enough? Because it sounds like Perigo is the way it should be. I think this thing is not not only not under control, but is the most dangerous thing that may have ever occurred in our country because it's so easy to catch. Even maybe worse than the Spanish flu if we're not careful. Well, I, I, I think the world's going to be a lot different. I, I think we'll get through this, and we have great scientists and, and medical resources, and they'll they'll figure out how to get to the the vaccinations and the therapeutics. But I I think you're going to see people behave. A lot differently. I think you'll see a lot more masks being worn, especially on airplanes. I think you'll see a lot more virtual meetings. And I think you'll see a whole lot more self-care, which is um, what we've transformed the company to be. Right. Now, let me go back to when I asked the question about where this stuff is made. I know I know Pergo. I, I happen to be friends with the old Pergo team. So I know where it is. I just think that Congress is going to mandate that everybody has to do what you do. I really do think that's going to be possible. Do you think the other guys will be able to have low prices to compare with you? Because you're already cheaper than everybody. And I, I always figure if it's Pergo, it's as good. Well, listen, the FDA makes sure it's just as good. Uh, you know, all the equivalent products we make go through the same clinical trials and, and have to be exact. Um, so and, you know, and we sell for 30 to 40 percent less. Um, and you're, you know, with a lot of the name brands, um, um, right now, not available on the market. Lots of consumers are getting to see that for themselves. But it, it, there's already a trend. We're we're growing um, all the time. But our brands, you know, whether it comes to acetaminophen or ibuprofen or one of the other fourteen thousand products we make, almost always on units outsell the national brands. People have figured it out, and they'll so, continue to. So, Barry, Paragon lost its way. It used to be a stock when we started this show. I recommended heavily uh, was uh, one time lived in Sellersville. I knew the company really well. 
and then it got caught up in a takeover that didn't work out. Uh, management left. I, I actually was friendly with old management, but then the new management came in and they turned down a takeover bid. And the turmoil was such that I gave candidly, I gave up on Perigo, which is one of the reasons why I was so glad you wanted to come, come on the show. How do I know that the old, old Perigo is really back, which is a great consumer company that you buy in an economic slowdown? And, you know, Jim, that's why I was brought in. I mean, there, I'm not going to talk to the past of the, the issues that you just raised, but I was brought in because my background and experience is all about focus. That's what I do. And I talk to every one of our employees. And when I speak to them, I talk about recapturing the Perigo advantage. That's how we talk about it inside the company. We're all about going back to consumer self-care and the issues I talked about, which is what started 133 years ago with Luther Perigo and with the help of, you know, 11,000 um, incredible employees, especially the ones who are so heroic right now, coming to work and keeping our product lines going, um, I, I think you'll see great things from Perigo to come. All right. That's true. And also, thank you for your donation of cash and in kind uh, for the American Red Cross, which I know is very desperately in need of blood, everybody. If you can give blood and also uh, to Meals on Wheels. Great to meet you, sir. Thank you so much for coming on Mad Money. Thanks for having me. That's Barry Kessler, President CEO of Perigo. If Perigo's back, guys, it will be a monster stock made in America. Good to go. Mad Money's back after the break. In this crazy volatile market, I'm on the hunt for stocks that haven't really participated in the big bounce over the last few weeks. Take Biohaven Pharmaceuticals. It's a biotech that recently launched a brand new migraine drug, Nortec ODT. ODT stands for Oral Disintegrating Tablet. As someone who suffers from migraine and is the chief spokesperson for the American Migraine Foundation, I can tell you that this could be a game changer. It's the first pill you can take for acute migraine, meaning it works after the horribly, uh, headache, horrible headache has already started. But I should say it's also, that it's also a big rival to an allergen drug that's good to be owned, of course, by Abdi. It is huge, but you wouldn't know it from Biohaven stock, which is now down 38% year-to-date. Why? Well, it's in part because this may be a bad time to launch a new drug. Nobody wants to go to the doctor right now unless they absolutely have to. Plus, last week, we got some clinical trial data on using the drug to prevent migraine. Different, okay? And the results were solid, but they weren't blowout. Even so, I think the pullback here is kind of absurd. Don't take it from me. Let's check in with Dr. Vlad Kurek. He's the CEO of Biohaven Pharmaceuticals. Learn more about his new drug. Dr. Kurek, welcome to Mad Money. Hey, Jim. How are you? First of all, thank you so much for having me back on uh, the show. Really appreciate that. And we've accomplished so much since the last time we spoke. Nurtec ODT was approved for the acute treatment of migraine by the FDA. In addition to that, we're in pharmacies now. And last week, as you just mentioned, we had positive prevention data. So very exciting times at BioAid. Right now, I was, of course, was trying to rush you. I can't. I'm friends with some of your core key opinion leaders. And it was very clear that it would work. This morning, I woke up with just a terrible migraine. I mean, horrendous migraine. And I took it. And an hour later, I felt great. I mean, that is kind of what happens. And I think that, uh, but I do, I have to tell you, I'm ecumenical. I use, uh, I, I, I have used um, Ubrelvi, the other one that is by Allergan. But uh, just tell people how revolutionary it is for something that 40 million people suffer. 
Well, first of all, I am so happy to hear that you responded. And now you've experienced what I've been hearing from patients the last couple of years in our trials. This is a game changer for patients. This is the only uh, CGRP targeting agent in this orally disintegrating quick dissolve. And what that gets you is a very fast onset of action where we see patients back to normal within one hour and then have that effect lasting all the way for two days. And that's different from the other agents that are out there. Um, And on top of that, our prevention data uh, offers the promise that it would also prevent the next episode of migraine from from occurring. Uh, Do you do your doctors know that there's a gap between I also take Ambivig, uh, which is a monthly injection, but it doesn't last all month. Do the doctors who us who know Biohaven know that there's a gap of about seven days that uh, where the F, unfortunately the, we do not have an FDA that seems to recognize that there is a period where it loses effectiveness, where the shot loses effectiveness, and the only gap that can work is Biohaven. I mean, because you can't get through a full month with, with the injection. That's a great point, Jim. And this is why we have to listen to patients, people with migraine and what they report about their treatments. And there was recently a publication on the pharmacokinetics of the monoclonal antibodies. And what that publication showed was that over time, the free levels of CGRP begin to creep back up as you get close to your next need for uh, an injection. And what you're describing is a breakthrough migraine, even on an antibody. And that's where you need a good acute treatment. And I believe because you talked about responding to uh, Nurtech ODT today, that that's what happened. You had a breakthrough, and then we target the same mechanism very quickly get you back to normal functioning. And that's very exciting. Yeah, I, I was an unusual patient. I get I was getting about 28 migraines a month, only having relief two or three days, which I know is unusual. But I fear I feared that getting near the end of the shots efficacy until you guys came out. Now, there, the stock has been hit and in part because I think that not a lot of people want to go to the doctor right now. But how about telemedicine? How about that? How about that way to be able to get the word out? That's a really important way. Before I get into that, I just wanted to thank you for sharing your personal experience because you have been an amazing spokesperson for the American Migraine Foundation. And thanks to your thank advocacy, you. that's why we're all pushing for better treatment. So thank you for sharing your, your own uh, perspective with us. Uh, I really appreciate that. So, uh, you know, with regards to, um, you know, migraine treatments, we think that this is really going to just change the way that patients respond to their current CGRP agents. And we're very excited about using telemedicine as a way during this time of social distancing to get people a uh, Nurtech ODT. So we just announced yesterday a collaboration with Cove. Cove is a leading telemedicine health company. You now can go to Nurtech.com, click on a link to Cove, have a doctor interview you online and have your Nurtech ODT delivered overnight. And that's really important as we're all dealing with the challenges of COVID-19. And how about insurance so people know, because the, the, the listed price is daunting, but how about uh, what's covered? Yeah, well, what's important is that we price this in line with other branded agents, even though I believe we offer and deliver better value than other uh, agents. And what we're doing during this time is offering a $0 copay so patients can get access to this medication without having the economic burden of a copay. And we're going to extend that to the end of this year. We also have a patient assistance program where if somebody can't afford it, uh, they can get access to it. And it's uh, very important not just to have the accessibility, but it has to be affordable for patients. Totally agree. 40 million people, 40 million sufferers of migraine. Dr. Vlad Korik, CEO of Biohaven Pharmaceuticals, thank you for all you've done to help us 
who are just, our lives have changed dramatically because of Biohaven Pharmaceuticals. Great to see you, sir. Great to see you again. Great to see you. Thank you, sir. May have money's back after the break. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski dance over the lightning round. Let's start with Theo in California. Theo! A big international, big booyah from SoCal and my dad in Nigeria. He first introduced me to your show in 07 when I was 17. Oh, my. See, that's when we started him early. Let's go to work. (laughs) Yes. Oh, Uber versus Lyft. Both are trading at around... I like Uber more time. than Lyft because Uber's down a lot, and I think people have given up on it. I sure wish they get out instead of doubling down on food, though. Let's go to Mark in Florida. Mark! Jimmy Chill. Yo, yo. I have a stuttering booyah to you from Arlington, Virginia. Boy, that's a sweet uh, one. Yeah. I watch your show every day because I enjoy managing my own money, but in uncertain times like these, a lot of people might turn to the personalized service of a financial advisor. Yes, What's they might. On both... On both weather and at what price to buy some LPL financial. I like that company right here. I think more and more people want to be able to do a little bit of work and also have a professional. And that's a great place to go. Let's go to Andrew in Arizona. Andrew. Hey, Jim. Yo. Hey, thanks for taking my call. My question is on Yelp. I uh, like two reasons here. They've got no debt with a few hundred million at the bank. And I think they've got a huge opportunity to help restaurants, retail, home services bring in massive uh, business with the return of the consumer. Well, this stops reflecting that restaurants are never going to come back, and I think that's a mistake. Uh, and I think Stoplund should come on the show and talk about what's going to happen when they do open up. So I, I think it's worth more than one point five billion. That's the way I want to look at the company. Let's go to Joseph in New York. Joseph. Hi, Jim. How are you? Thank I'm you good. How are you? Very good. Uh, you're uh, talked about uh, Brinker International in this Baltimore market. Yeah, you know, look, I, I, I have to tell you, the restaurant business is going to be very tough. They will survive, but I do prefer Darden because I think Darden's got more optionality. Let's go to Jim in Virginia. Jim. Hey, Jim. How are you doing, mate? Good. How are you? I used to, used to work many years ago. Ah, you know, I wish there were some more restaurants open. I just made a big donation. Everyone from Summit, please go to, some, to, to the, the site to donate. Please go ahead. What's up? Okay, I wonder what the goddess would say. How my stock is Vertex. Vertex is probably the best acting stock in this market. Why is that? It is because they actually have a cystic fibrosis drug that is the holy grail. And I bless buying it. I've done a couple of pieces about the stock. I kept hoping it would come down during this period so I could push it again. It hasn't. It's a really good company. Tom in Florida. Tom! Booyah, Jim. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How about you? Very good. Hanging in. An infrastructure play. U.S. concrete. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't think there's going to be anything infrastructure. I mean, you got to keep talking to the professionals in Washington about it. But my feeling is this. Um, I, If you want to do infrastructure, do Caterpillar because China is coming back. And I think Caterpillar is going to get a lot of orders from China. Let's go to Bob in Vermont. Bob. Hi, Jim. Bob. I have a position in Bristol Myers. And I was one- see Bristol Myers was down today? What the? Oh, finally rallied again. The dad said, What the heck? 
Bristol-Myers should be at 65.70. This is nuts. It's at 58. Dr. Cafario, come back on. You're getting a lot of good approvals, and this is your time. And big buyback, too. And it does well in an environment where the economy is slowing. One more. Let's go to Chris in Illinois. Chris. Hey, Jimmy Chill. How you doing, babe? I am doing. I'm chilling. How about you? Doing well. I was listening to you and uh, Katie Day Traders the other day talk about Nordic American tankers. Oh, yeah. It was Portnoy, that day trading Portnoy. Um, okay, you got to be careful. I mean, because I think we're, we're seeing uh, oil coming down. You know, some of the rates are coming down a little bit. Stock was north of four. I think you should just hold it now. It's allowed too much to move. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. America will be able to get back to business sooner than we thought. But you know who's really doing well? The PRC, China. With the opening of Wuhan last night, the place where the uh, coronavirus outbreak started, it's a whole new ballgame for the second largest economy in the world. We're already seeing some instant winners. First and foremost, I like UPS and FedEx, both of which are also getting tons of extra business now that Amazon's shutting down its homegrown third-party delivery service. UPS and FedEx spent fortunes building out giant hubs in China and then lost huge amount of money. Their stocks are roaring here, but they still aren't up enough. I'm excited about UPS in particular. Kyle Tomei is CEO. She was the genius CFO who turned Home Depot into the best-run big-box hardware store. Others, of course, help, but I like Cowden. Let me just say, the numbers aren't going to be that good, but that's you got to think bigger than that. Second, everyone's been taking the shots at Apple. Me, I'm salivating over the idea that people lap up at Apple's 5G phone when a rejuvenated China lines up for the darn thing. Remember, Chinese strength drove the last leg of Apple's rally before the meltdown. With China coming back and Apple's service revenue stream getting a big boost from, being, uh, say, from a lockdown America, this stock suddenly seems pretty darn attractive to me. Third, Skyworks Solutions and Broadcom, both fabulous plays on a China comeback. I think their telco chips will be very strong in the second half. Hey, by the way, same with Micron. We had them on recently. Fourth, you know I'm a gigantic fan of NVIDIA. I'm not back and down. NVIDIA, by the way, is a very bad cough. That's the dog. The actual stock's doing great. They have a ton of Chinese business. Who knows? Maybe the Chinese government will finally bust their Mellanox acquisition. Please. Something that would make the stock spike immediately. I think AMD will be terrific, too. Gaming is hot, hot, hot. Now let's get a little more aggressive. I've watched Caterpillar stock move up, including a gigantic move today. And a lot of people seem to think that the strength here is about the possibility of a big infrastructure bill to combat a skyrocketing unemployment. Nonsense. Caterpillar is running because the Chinese Communist Party has spent fortunes on economic stimulus, and they need cats machines. These days, Caterpillar is more levered to oil into China, but I think the stock's still a winner on any Chinese resurgence. Oil stocks are all trading up on uh, Saudi investment. Good chance to lighten up there. Number six, uh, you know, there are many reasons to own Nike. But the China story is what I'm most excited about. When you get out of lockdown, you want to splurge, like with a pair of Nikes. I was on the fence about this one with the Olympics postponed, but now you got China as a second-half story in the Olympics next year. There are plenty of other stocks that could benefit from China, but they have other issues that keep me from recommending them. Emerson's a great China play. It just has too much uh, oil exposure. 3M has too many operational issues. I'm not crazy about that groundwater pollution problem. IBM's got a steady Chinese business. I just don't know if it'll move the needle. We own Tyson Foods for the Travel Trust. They sell a ton of food in China, but they also have a lot of 
domestic food service exposure and some real operational issues. I know that Costco stock is down tonight as the company's uh, through, uh, you know, it's doing these mitigation efforts that slowed sales during the last month. Hey, that's the right thing to do, right? I mean, you know, trying to keep your distance. In the meantime, Costco's just started to go into China. And I think it would be an important story in the years to come, not months, but years. Keep an eye on it. Costco's safe practices are a good thing. With the opening of Wuhan, you got a real turn in China. I think it's absolutely worth participating in. Pick your best. China's back. Stick with Kramer. I downgraded Disney last night. I read it. I said, geez, I guess the only thing he didn't say was that, uh, you know, long live Mickey. Mickey's dead or something. I mean, it was incredible. Now what we've discovered is that people are sitting at home. What are they doing? Well, they're watching Disney+. Plus. And what happens when the NBA comes back? What happens when football comes back? What happens when we start going back to the movies again? What happens when we go to the theme parks? What happens when Shanghai Disney opens up? What happens when, like, the greatest iconic company gets its game back because the disease lets it? Well, I, you think you're only going to pay 109 for it or 89 like you did last week? No, it goes higher. Some iconic brands will do well. Like I said, there's always bull markets. I promise I'll find just for you. I'm Jim Cramer. I'll see you tomorrow. Our special markets is tomorrow. This is my friend Scott Wapner. starts right now. CNBC's Workforce Executive Council is a premier group of C-suite human resources executives from leading companies across the country. It offers a members-only portal and chat, plus exclusive industry content, with access to breaking news calls and digital networking experiences. The network and resources HR leaders need now. Apply to the Workforce Executive Council at cnbccouncils.com slash WEC.